Saddle up, amigos, for Sunset Riders in the Arcade. This is Pixelated Audio, episode 54. This is Pixelated Audio, a bi-weekly video game music podcast, and we've got some excellent music in this episode today. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it might partially be my nostalgia talking, but I think it's a, a lot of fun to listen to. Nah, I think this game definitely merits a full episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are your hosts, I'm Brian, and this is James, and today we're going to be playing music from a very well-loved arcade game, Sunset Riders. The beautiful track that brought us in was titled The Magnificent Four, essentially the attract mode or the opening theme, composed by Motowaki Furukawa. What a beautiful track it is. Oh, yeah. I love that, you know, Spanish guitar. Right. I mean, you can actually, sounds like you can hear the like vibration of the strings. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, I love that Spanish feel. And it has a little bit of a different Wild West feel to it than like our Wild Arms episode, which I like that it has a little bit of variation. Yeah, I remember hearing this, you know, it really stands out because in the arcade you have all these really loud kind of obnoxious noises in the background, mm-hmm. and just everything. But this really stands on its own it's mm-hmm. this really beautiful guitar playing and it's not too ambitious i think it seems really homely and and relaxed and it has a really cool cutscene too that yeah. kind of gets you in the mood of that you know that clint eastwood kind of feel yeah well i mean i can definitely see walking through the arcades and there's a lot of like synthy or really like techno-y type sounds and then you hear like the spanish guitar out of one ear and you're like what what is that and then on? you know you just you don't even think of a lot of games that have that wild west feel to it yeah so sunset riders is something that we've been wanting to do for a long time Mm -hmm. and it's something that's really important to me growing up i played the hell out of this game Mm -hmm. i remember uh so i lived kind of near like a pizza parlor and the the pizza wasn't that great Mm -hmm. but what was really cool about it is that it took a long time to make and so this arcade being there was my excitement and my enjoyment because you know it would take you know 20 30 minutes for this mediocre pizza to be done and me and my brother would just shove in quarters just yeah. quarter after quarter and until it was ready and we have uh, a lot of memories i'm guaranteed my brother's listening to this episode and he's gonna be like oh man dude sunset riders yeah, yeah. no video games and pizza parlors were perfect because you walk in and at minimum it's gonna take like 30 minutes probably to make something so you gotta have right. something to do yeah if it wasn't like a 7-eleven it was a pizza parlor that i play a lot of my arcades in yeah yeah anyways this so this you know soundtrack in general the game has a lot of nostalgia to me uh me and you just played through it the other day mm-hmm. uh had a lot of fun doing that and we're gonna put a video online of our, our playthrough just for for the hell of it yeah but. it's not like it's a great playthrough but we thought it'd be fun just to kind of show that we played through it yeah. i guess yeah so we figured this is gonna be a light episode it's gonna be kind of short there's not a lot of music in it mm-hmm. uh but everything you're gonna hear you're gonna like a lot and i i absolutely love the soundtrack so let's kind of get into it a little bit mm-hmm. 
All right. So I almost feel like we don't need to explain it, but <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people know this. It game. was a big game. But yeah. for those of you that haven't played it, Sunset Riders is a sprite based 2D side scrolling run and gun shooter set in an exaggerated Wild West. It was released in the arcades in 1991 and published and developed by Konami. And probably something else that we don't need to explain a whole lot is, yeah. is Konami. If you've played games and never heard of Konami, then you definitely haven't been playing the right games. You missed out. So yeah. Konami, uh, it's, you know, it's not the first time we've featured them as a soundtrack on our show, and it's definitely not going to be the last. But even though the company that we know is no longer around, their legacy definitely lives on. Yeah, they started in 1968 as a jukebox repair business, and they totally blew up after that. Yeah. They got so you know popular and you know doing all sorts of calls. They got into pachinko and stuff like that. And they really made their way into the arcade era around the kind of the golden age, if mm-hmm. you will, in the you know mid to late 80s. And they were producing games for nearly every system at that point then. You know, stuff was coming in by the truckloads. Yeah, it was we, ridiculous. And, yeah, and we couldn't get enough of it. You know, like everything that Konami released, we would, you know, buy it up. Mm-hmm. I, as a kid, see the, the name Konami. I know it's going to be a solid title. Yeah, I think this is like the fourth or fifth Konami title we've had on the uh, on the show. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like gold was just flowing out of their veins. Right. You know, like they were just cashing in on everything. But just to give you an idea, in 1991, when Sunset Riders came out, they also released Predator 2 on the Amiga, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, The Simpsons, Roller Games, Vendetta, Detana Twinbee, all for the arcade. On the NES and Famicom, they did YY World 2, Skier Die, LaGrange Point, Base Wars, Rampart, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project, Tiny Toon Adventures, and then over on the Super NES, they did The Legend of the Mystical Ninja, which is one of my favorite yeah, games. Yeah, that's a big one for you. Yeah, and Super Castlevania 4, which is also a huge one. Mm-hmm. And also for the PC Engine, they had Gradius and Salamander. Which are huge games. Right, and they had a bunch of Game Boy titles like Castlevania 2, nearly 10 different PC games, stuff on the X68000, Game Gear, ZX Spectrum, some of those Tiger handheld-like games. Like, I remember having a Ninja Turtles basketball one. Right, right, right. So definitely had Konami on the, yeah. on the logo there. And they, you know, you have to remember, this is all in 1991. One year. And this is even every game they put out in that one year, but just the big ones. Exactly. But this is already like 30 plus titles that we've just kind of mentioned. So they were just producing just so much. And this isn't even one of their heaviest years either. Right. And most of those titles are titles that I guarantee that you guys have heard of, at least most of them. Oh, yeah. Just like look at the list. You know, we just read off like half of those are just easily recognizable. And I think a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners, a lot of you guys could uh, easily identify and pick out most of those. Mm-hmm. You, you think about it and you look at kind of just this one year and you realize like, wow, Konami was a, a pretty busy little company. Yeah, they were a beast. Uh, anyway, let's get into our first track. This is a track that plays in stage one, five and eight, and it's called Gunfight at the Sunset Corral.
That was Gunfight at the Sunset Corral, composed by Motoaki Furukawa for Sunset Riders in the Arcade. That's a very Konami sound, I think. that We talked about, I think, in our... Oh, that orchestra hit? Yeah, in our Falcine episode, how there's there's a lot of similar samples in a lot of Konami games, which now you can kind of tell in, in just in 1991, they pumped out a lot of games, so I'm sure they had a very a very clean set of sounds that they like to use. But right. I, I already lo- kind of established their sound fine. Yeah, yeah I, de- I love that, though, because then it... It makes me think of other games that I've played by Konami that I love, and then right. you get to add in, like, say, if you played a new game, you get to add that into that nostalgia whenever you hear that sound. So, say, if you go start playing Turtles, you're like, oh, man, that's a sound that reminds me of Sunset Riders and right. stuff like that. So Yeah, that uh, that orchestra hit, I want to, you know, coin as the Konami hit. Yeah. Because it's, well, maybe they say that online or something already, I don't know, but it's, it's very distinctive. It's very loud, yeah. too. They always pump that thing out it's mm-hmm. kind of sometimes there's a few tracks later on that that i'm like oh man it's it's almost too loud here but sometimes <laughs> it's really cool and it kind of gets you into that that action because it it hits and gets your you know jolts your body mm-hmm. and, uh this track comes in and it's really um it's kind of like has that that lone ranger kind of feel oh, yeah, to that it. Very gallopy, gallopy sound yeah. kind of that uh like heroic melody you feel like you're like you're riding in for that gunfight yeah but very wild west at yeah. the same time it's a very, very cool track, and you hear this one a lot because it's the first level that you play, and mm-hmm. so if you're playing with friends and you know you pop in a few quarters, you're going to hear this immediately, even before really you hear the attract mode music mm-hmm. sometimes because you may have missed that. Yeah, and then, or somebody's already playing it, and you're wait, standing there waiting. Exactly. So this is a very important track to me, I think, yeah. for, for that reason. And there's a lot of action. You know, you haven't experienced... Uh, you know certain certain parts of this uh, this game doesn't they don't really do it anywhere else like mm-hmm. even though this kind of has cloned elements from from other games that we'll we'll talk about in a little bit but uh, I think that the action was really unique and the mm-hmm. sound kind of carried with that that feel yeah they definitely have you know very similar ingredients with the samples but they definitely make completely different I guess dishes out of the other <laughs> songs so right they they feel this one definitely has a very wild west feel to it and that kind of heroic like you said Lone Ranger galloping heroic sound uh, that fits with those you know those very bright um, you know environments of saloons and stuff like that and right. and I definitely love this track for the the sense that it, it really is a great sound to put you in the mood for the first level because, like you said, you may not have ever played it before, so you kind of got a chance to get used to the controls. And when I was listening to it, it definitely brought you back into to playing it. Like we were just playing it the other day, and I just it brought a smile on my face just thinking about like sitting there playing you it. You can remember exactly what you were doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we owe a lot of the the sound and that that atmospheric feeling from the YM twenty one fifty one, also known as the OPM. We've talked about this before. It's a four four operator eight channel FM chip using uh, a bunch of different systems. There was the mm-hmm. Atari System One, the Sega System Sixteen, Namco System One and Two, Sharp X One Turbo, and the X sixty eight thousand. There's a few other that you know mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned, but uh, we talked about it in our X Men episode, right? Yeah, that yeah. was like episode twenty six, which is another great Konami arcade. Right, title. right. Uh, go back and listen to that one. It's really fun. I think we kind of dove into the chip a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I do want to kind of solo out a few little channels about this the song things that I noticed. All right, here it comes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me play. No, no. It's. I think it'll sound kind of cool because I was kind of listening to it on my own. And I was like, you know, like there's a lot going on under the hood here that yeah. I think would be a lot of fun to listen to. So this is actually channel five. So like I said, there's eight FM channels on the YM2151. Mm-hmm. This is channel five. So let's listen to that real quick. Um, give you an idea. So we'll fade out these other ones here. 
isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. You don't hear that really. Yeah. It almost still has like that Wild West feel, but it's also like maybe a Caribbean Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> so what I think is really cool though is Channel Six. Then so let's take turn this one off and let's turn on Channel Six. Listen to this. There's little pitch bends in there too. Yeah. Little guy's doing some work, man. Yeah. yeah, and what gives it such a live kind of trumpet or mariachi style feel is that nearly all of the high pitched synths are slightly offset from each other. Mm-hmm. So like you get this really interesting almost like like I said, like live mariachi feel yeah. because everything is kind of just barely offset so each each different you know fm channel is kind of yeah. slightly askew it's and not I, like so clean that it's robotical so that it gives you that feeling of like a live performance which right it's great the fm already has these timbres kind of just in its own tone mm-hmm. but having those kind of offset from each other really enhances that that really lively kind of you know you're in some wild west town mm-hmm. They're really showing strong, I think, in this. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, once breaking it down, you can see all the work, and it's just really cool that all this little details that really add to that feeling of this game. Yeah, little subtleties and stuff like that. Now, the YM2151 stands alone in a lot of arcade games, but a lot of the time it's combined with another chip for handling PCM samples, and such is the case here. So mm-hmm. in 1991, Konami produced several arcades like Vendetta, Turtles in Time, and Simpsons, which we had mentioned right. earlier. And those included the Konami 053260 chip. I'm not going to expect you to remember that, yeah. but it's specifically to accompany the 2151 for sample data. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of neat because the 053260, I'm going to forget that too, <laughs> yeah. uh, is a four voice PCM ADPCM sound chip that also incorporates uh, four 8 bit ports for communication between the main CPU and the audio CPU. And samples can either be 8-bit signed PCM or 4-bit unsigned ADPCM, which we've talked about is just basically like a, you know, custom compression for PCM data. Right. And it's because of its data bus that it can address up to two megabytes of data at one time. So it's kind of neat because it can pull all these very large samples Mm -hmm. and be able to access and play those back. And that's why you get these really rich, uh, you know, sounds in in this game because... Mm -hmm. There's uh, quite a number of voices added in. So you got the eight from the 2151, and then you have four from this uh, PCM chip. Mm -hmm. And Furukawa was smart because all the heavy distorted guitar sounds and all the percussion were left for the PCM. And uh, all the horns and all the the brass section and stuff like that was done on the FM synth uh, on the YM2151. Mm -hmm. So... It really has like this this more like kind of natural organic feel to to the brass section. I think leaving it that way. Yeah, I mean that's one of my favorite things about talking about the chips and and some of the limitations and especially in like the arcade how they were able to get around some of those limitations or they had the space to add in unique things you didn't see in consoles or they could kind of mix it up between cabinet to cabinet and it's just it's really neat to see how each game even though they come from the same company can have different variations that can really speak to that game. Yeah, it can be composed completely different. And so, you know, another maybe less versatile composer may have put, you know, uh, percussion on the, you know, PCM channels and also try to put horns in there or put, you know, try to make 
distorted guitar on the FM channels. And we know how that turns out. So, oh yeah, I totally agree. If Motowaki Furukawa hadn't done the soundtrack, it could have been completely different just with the organization alone. Well, who knows? I mean, it could have somebody else, very talented guy in Konami could have produced something good, but you know, I'm really glad that this composer did this soundtrack. Right. So a little bit more about Furukawa is he also went by the alias Michelle Furukawa, and he's a Japanese composer from Kobe, Japan. And what's interesting is when he was really young, he started playing guitar and got so good that he started winning a bunch of awards as a soloist and, you know, eventually joined some bands and things like that. Yeah, and he was winning awards in different bands, too. So yeah. So it was a very talented little guy yeah extremely talented and so in 1986 he joined konami and gained a huge reputation for his soundtracks for snatcher and gradius 2 we're going to talk a little bit more about him in a little bit we just kind of wanted to get into it a little bit yeah. before we moved on to some more music so yeah so what do we got next so we're going to play another track and it's called it's time to pay and this is the first boss fight That was the boss from stage one, and the track was titled It's Time to Pay. I love this track so much. Yeah. Man. Nope. It's it's not like it's an amazing track, and we get those Konami hits right in the beginning there that kind of like... Yeah. Know, <laughs> no, it's cool because uh, the nostalgia of this. This is Yeah, this this boss is definitely one that's hard to forget. Because uh, it's the first one you come across. It's not, you know, the first level is not that hard, and you yeah. should be able to get through it in one quarter. And so you get to this boss, and the first thing he says is like, it's time to pay. Yeah. And then you never forget that. And then when you beat him, he yeah. says, bury me with my money. Which is, <laughs> for all the places that I've seen Sunset Rider stuff, there's always people that are, you know, typing posting that out. That. And, yeah, posting it. And it's just so funny. I think it's, it, I mean, it's not anything that's like, you know, ridiculously hilarious, but it's like the, the voice sample and the fact that it's like. It's so fun to do. Right after the battle. It's, yeah. And it's fun to say. It's, yeah, so. Well, the thing is, it's funny because like I, you know, I hadn't played this game in years and still like to this day, if somebody mentions something about like money and a weird voice or something, the first thing in my head is like the bury me with my money. I just yeah. think that in my head naturally. And this game like will be forever you know, just ingrained for that. Yeah. So uh, this is a cool boss fight. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. It was. It was definitely neat to see um, because this game is is pretty interesting for the gameplay, which we'll get into later. So it really adds to the boss fights a lot. And yeah. I think this track was, you know, very uh, up tempo. Had a lot of urgency to it. I love like the synthy keys or whatever the sample is. It's just like going all over the place, yeah. and um, they're you know very high energy. I was telling you that you know I don't remember this track during during playing the the game. Right. Uh, I remember the the first level track while playing, but I think for bosses you know you get really sucked in. There's bullets so absorbed, flying everywhere, yeah. and 
and I didn't quite remember hearing this, but it is fun, and it definitely stands out as like a boss-type track. Right. So the story is you play as one of four bounty hunters that are hunting down bounties, yeah. <laughs> you know, for obviously wanted outlaws. And like uh, Konami X-Men Arcade, which we covered in episode 26, Sunset Rider's arcade cabinet was released in both the two-player and the four-player layout. And in the two-player version, each player gets to choose the one of you know one of the different four bounty hunters. Right. And in the four-player, they're all assigned to a specific location on the uh, control panel. Yeah. So you got your you know each one of your guys kind of lined up. So if you wanted to play in one particular area on the arcade, you're going to be the same guy every single time. Right. So yeah. So if there's only like three of you guys playing, and somebody wants to be the guy all the way in the end, there might be a gap and you yeah. stand off by yourself. And but. that's how the X-Men arcade was. That's yeah. how Simpsons arcade was. Yeah. Uh, I think Turtles was like that too. Yeah, so, for the four player. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was a fun way to get everybody to kind of break it up and, and try something new rather yeah. than one person playing as Leonardo the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's kind of nice too because when you, you sit down and you have four players, you don't have to be the quickest to get to whoever you want to play. You know, whoever you want to play as, you just kind of, well, you're standing in this position, already kind of got there. So, uh, which is nice. And all of the players play very well in the game. So, you have. Uh, four, like you said, four different players. They're all kind of color coded, and you have Steve who uses revolvers, Billy who also uses revolvers, Bob who uses a rifle, and Carmano who uses a shotgun. And they're all really like kind of. It reminds me of um, Back to the Future, like when Marty goes, you know, back back <laughs> yeah. to the Wild West, and he's wearing that like bright pink outfit. Yeah, they're all really exaggerated and and silly looking but yeah they have like huge tassels and you can't help but love it though yeah i mean yeah it's definitely ex very exciting um cormano has the big sombrero yeah he, he was the one poncho. who i played through in, in our playthrough and i just liked the his shotgun was really cool yeah but the opening intro for this game is rad because you get to see all the characters yeah and like kind of their faces just drawn and like big yeah. beautiful you know animated you know cutscene. And, uh, you know, seeing them all there looking so cool. I think, like, uh, I think Bob has, like, a cigarette. Or maybe it's Billy has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, one of like them. And, and it was neat because you got to see them up close. And it was also in a really cool, like, gunfight. So it kind of helped make you think about when you're playing that this is what it's like. Yeah, it adds more to that, you know, two-dimensional game than it sounds. It's more like a 3D feel. You kind of recognize the characters' faces. Even though it's hard to discern the, the pixels, you know, when they're smashed on the screen. You can really get a sense of uh, like a live kind of feeling from these characters. Yeah, just that few little seconds in the cutscene kind of embeds that real feel to it. Yeah. Uh, for the controls, you have an eight-way joystick to aim and move your character, and then two buttons, and one is for shooting and one is for jumping. I miss this about arcades. Yeah. I like the the simplicity, but the uh, the complexity you can do with with just like these just two separate buttons and an eight-way joystick. Yeah, that pick up and play, and you know you get the hang of it, and you really like it. Yep. We see it in the indie space a little bit here, a little bit, there, yeah. but uh, yeah, could always use more. Anyways, you can also jump to high locations. And the way to think about this is if you've ever played Rolling Thunder, it's kind of like a two-tier system, mm -hmm. right? In each level, you get uh, like, a, like a high area that you can kind of jump up to, like on the rooftops or, uh, you know, second floor. Yeah, like balconies uh, and... Right, and chandeliers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then you have your base floor gives it a little bit more variety so like yeah me, like when me and you were playing i stuck to the top area and you stuck to the bottom area or we kind of mix it up and mm -hmm. be a little bit fun to kind of experience the game not like side by side you know right and the nice thing too is it allows you to shoot people on the balcony shoot diagonally if you go up on the balcony you can shoot people on the ground so right. no matter where you went you felt like you still had full control of what you were doing right and if you hold down and diagonally on the joystick you can also do like a like a slide to mm -hmm. avoid bullets with the jump button 
kind of gets your character to slide, except I didn't use that. Yeah, bullet. neither did I. I think me and you just took the bullet to the, the face like a man. Yeah. Know? I think we had you know, we had those unlimited corridors, so it was like, like eh, let's just let's just blast through it, kinda of barrel add, through it. Added to it. So as far as stages go, there's a total of eight, and at the beginning of each level you're shown a wanted poster for your next target. So the basic objective of the game is to survive each level, like most games, um, through, <laughs> right. yeah, through the onslaught of bandits and outlaws. And at the end of each level, you fight the boss of the wanted poster, and then you collect your bounty. And they do the bounty in a really interesting way. So a lot of games you'll take, and whoever gets the last kill gets okay, all the yeah. points. But in this game, it's whoever did the most damage. And it's pretty cool. So when you beat the boss, you get to see who did what percentage, and then they get kind of the lion's share of the bounty. See, I, I really like that because when me and you were playing, it was kind of like, you know, between each stage, mm -hmm. it'd be like maybe I would get like, you know, 37% damage to the boss, and you mm -hmm. get the, the remaining. Then the next level, I would be like totally, you know, kicking ass, and I would have like 80%, and you'd be like 20. And yeah. it was just always back and forth, be like, oh, who could do the most here? Yeah. I like that. Because in, in the bosses, you have um, secondary characters and stuff like that so sometimes you get bogged down fo you know, focusing on them and, and you're not dealing as much damage but I thought it was just really cool that the game took the time to program that in there so you was figuring out how much damage you were doing right. and then obviously your bounty it, it equals the total your grand total for your high score so right. I think that was also a really cool way to incorporate all that money was also your your high scores so. right there's also some power-ups and bonus items that you can get in the game by entering saloons, which I always thought was so cool. Yeah. Like, right in the beginning, you can, like, run into this open door, and the doors kind of swing. It's right. like that old-style saloon. And uh, depending on your character, he'll have a different action when he comes out of it. Like, right. I think it's, maybe it's Billy or something that comes out, and he's drinking, like, a, I don't know, whiskey some kind of, some kind of yeah. whiskey <laughs> or something. And he has, like, a girl, like on his shoulder and he like throws the bottle yeah and, and, I, and I was playing as Kamano and he comes out and he drinks it and then he smashes it over his head and puts his sombrero back on <laughs> which I was so like cool. what that's so awesome that's so awesome yeah so you can get these power-ups by entering saloons that's one of them or uh, by enemies that are like carrying around a bag it's kind of like Contra you know like the flashing yeah. red enemies those are the ones that have the, the power-up item yeah they're not doing anything to you other than trying to get away with some sack but yeah in those sacks and in the saloons you can find golden sheriff badges which give you auto fire and then there's also so silver badges, which give you a second gun, letting you shoot in two directions at once, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, and you can actually have both power-ups at the same time. So you can have auto-fire and two guns. But the thing is, if you die in, you know, there's a ton of different ways to die in this game, not just by being shot. You can get trampled or blown <laughs> up. Right. And uh, so if you die, you lose all your power-ups. So then you kind of got to start again right. and kind of rebuild those, which, yeah. is, which is pretty neat. I did like the, the power-ups in this game because it gives your arm a break from the constant like button yeah. mashing. It was the same thing with Contra. Like you had to, uh, when you got like machine gun, you could just hold down, you know, B button and just uh -huh. go to town. It was like more of like a break for you than anything else. Yeah, and having two guns is just cool. Seeing the two revolvers or with Carmano, those double shotguns, that's oh, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyways, let's get into some more music. Uh, we're gonna play uh, two tracks here. This is from stage two. It's called Butch Cassidy and the Sunset Riders. And then we're gonna play a track from the stage two boss titled Draw. Pilgrim.
You just heard Butch Cassidy and the Sunset Riders. Yeah, put a little more twang in your voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You just heard Butch Cassidy and the Sunset Riders, <laughs> stage two and seven. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. Motowaki Furukawa, man, what an awesome guy. Yeah. And then the tractor for that was Draw Pilgrim. And see, I'm doing it in my normal voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you, you went out with the, the, that, the more twangy one. On that's the, right. That uh, stage two music, man, like it's it's cool because this is the first time that you really get to experience the game a little bit differently, right? Yeah, and yeah. Stage so two is is a little bit different than stage one, where you're going to be on horses now. So. Yeah, you're on horseback. Yeah. So I, I think the the mood of the the track uh, kind of fits because it's it's a much shorter track, right? Mm-hmm. It's only like thirty seconds long. We add a little bit extra loop in there for you guys to to fully listen to mm-hmm. it. It's a lot more fast paced, right? Because you're on horseback and you're yeah. you're you know galloping along, and there's a lot of action, and it's more of just like this this constant. Uh, kind of like locomotion i guess yeah yeah i mean and i thought it was kind of neat how it starts out there's almost like this build to something that might be kind of scary and then it gets really kind of silly and kind of funky to it and it just makes me smile because then you see them riding these horses and the horses look cool and they're but they're like pink and blue and stuff like that so (laughs) it kind of matches you i guess and uh uh it's just it's fun but then like it fits with the stage really well. Like it's a really fun stage. You get those really, uh, I think this is one of those examples where those Konami hits are a little bit too loud. Yeah. Like right in the beginning, it's like, dun, 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 you yeah. know, but uh, the, the overall feel of the track makes it feel like, um, I imagine like this, like a, uh, like a hobo in a train, uh, <laughs> in like a box car, you know, playing a banjo, just doing his thing. And that's yeah. the kind of, kind of leads to that, wild west kind of feel i guess huh? yeah i mean and the thing that blew me away too was that you know you can't really get into a wild west game without thinking about you know horses and trains so th- to, to throw that into the second level i thought was really cool oh it was perfect and, and it made it fun like the, the soundtrack for that level was very fun and it made me excited and kind of made me feel like a kid when i would imagine playing like you know, cowboys or whatever, and I don't right. have a horse to play on, but then you get to ride this horse next to a train Stand and shoot on people. Like a, so. Yeah, like ride like a broom around the living room yeah. or something. Now, the the second track, the boss track, this was a... I, I thought this was a really strong track, actually. I yeah. really like this. I thought this was like um, definitely uh, a little more memorable for me mm-hmm. in, as far as uh, uh, just what it's doing, mm-hmm. I think. There's, there's a, a few different interesting kind of parts to this. It's not the bass. I think we can turn off the uh, Konami... Uh, PCM chip Mm -hmm. so here's the track in its entirety and so here's let me disable the uh, the Konami PCM chip okay and then here here's the track so I think it's channel let's see the bass okay that's the bass let's see channel 2 3 5 and 6 okay and so you're left with left with this which is still really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, where you have. Uh, do you hear like? Do you hear that delay? Yeah, yeah. You can definitely hear that where it, it it's not really creating like an echo, but it, you can definitely hear that they're not all hitting at the same time. Yeah, and that kind of leads to that that live you know like like a trumpet quartet all playing at the same time one might be a little bit you know slower or be taking a breath or you know and it has that really natural feel yeah and it also makes it feel very full too i think covering some of those gaps with the delay makes it feel like it also adds to that feeling that there's more than one person playing that instrument yeah 
listen to like all the subtleties in the uh, in the different channels. I think is mm-hmm. always is always fun to do. But with this, I think it's another example of what makes the soundtrack so uh, richly composed. Yeah. I think having that live aspect. When I thought this was cool too with this boss fight and the the, the song was very kind of up tempo and a little bit more serious than the actual track leading up to the boss. Oh, big time! W- which I thought was was neat because it. I w- the first boss fight kind of set me up to think that they're all going to be like Silly ridiculous and, yeah. and this guy was a little bit more serious but not like the bad kind of serious I thought he was a very cool villain yeah I think that all the, the characters some of them are ridiculous some of them are a little more uh, you know a little more uh Majime, a little more serious. Yeah, it's Japanese coming out, and uh, I think that the the feel of the game is 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 kind of comical. Yeah, in oh, general, yeah. but there is you get those those kind of like cool serious serious parts. Yeah, so in addition to the on-foot and the horse-riding levels that we've already mentioned, there are a couple times where you get to do a bonus mini-game, which take place at the end of level 2 and 5, which puts you in a first-person perspective shooting with bandits that appear in the eight different directions, so it takes advantage of the eight-way joystick. Right, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah think was, of it like that. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it's cool. So it, so me and you are playing, so this is kind of giving you an example. Me and you are playing. I have like a, like a red crosshair, and you mm-hmm. have a blue crosshair. These bandits will pop up all over the screen, kind of like your whack-a-mole, and uh, you have to move the the controller in the direction, the arcade stick, in the direction that the, the enemy is. Yeah. And you fire, and at the end, you get a grand total of your score versus mm-hmm. the other player. Yeah, which is really neat, and, it's, and it happens, it starts out slow, so it's kind of like, okay, cool, I got this guy, I got this guy, and then towards the end, it gets going so fast that like you and I are able to shoot different people at the same time because right. there's so many on the screen at once. Yeah, you always beat me every time yeah i think there was one that like i had like nudged you or something and and threw you off a little bit but yeah well i kind of do like that thousand yard stare so i'm not really looking at anything in particular and then they pop up in my field of vision (laughs) and i know where like what direction hit so i'm ready to go yeah i just aimed at one area and i just waited for that (laughs) one (laughs) no it's cool though and you know it's not even necessary to the game at all it serves no purpose i think other than points yeah right so but it's a nice break from the side-scrolling shooting, and it kind of, you know, for me, mentally, it allows you to change pace a little bit, but then also, it's just, it is a fun little idea that I don't think could really sustain itself over a full game, so I thought right. it was a nice addition, and it, to me, it really reminded me of uh, that part in Christmas, the Christmas story, where um, Ralphie's shooting, like, was it One-Eyed Bart or Black Bart or whatever? Oh, The but, Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When he, no, when, no, um... Oh, oh, the Christmas story. Yeah, the Christmas story. Okay, yeah, okay. like with his Red Rider BB gun, and, <laughs> oh, and like he right. like saves the family because it just reminded me of like that's what it would look like when realistically. Has, they just keep popping up, and he's just shooting. Right them. when he goes in that dream phase, when he's like daydreaming yeah, about yeah. it. That's right. That's right. I was like Simpsons reference. Wait a minute, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> um, yeah, but it it serves a a, a purpose. I, I think, like you said, it's that that break kind of feeling right mm-hmm. and this, we see this in like street fighter 2 even uh where you you know do kick the damage yeah, yeah. kicking the car and the you know oil drums yeah stuff like that kind of the same kind of thing but let's get into our next tracks we have uh music from stage three and the track is titled face with courage and then right after that we're going to play the stage three boss which is called you and he big trouble
You just heard Face with Courage from Stage 3 and You and He, Big Trouble, Stage 3 Boss, composed by Motowaki Fuwakawa for Sunset Riders on the Arcade. I like the Stage 3 music a lot, dude. Yeah. It's cool. Very Short, cool. But has that kind of march, like conquistador march to it. Yeah. I could feel like they're riding in, like say like you're in town and you see someone on the distance coming in. I even thought that this could have worked well as like... Um, like in a title screen music or like even like in a track mode because it had that very cowboy feel to it and it drew your attention but it kind of looped a lot yeah it's it's short it's like uh, under a minute i mm-hmm. think before it hits loop point but it's it's a fun track to listen to now the stage three boss I, I i think this is a really cool track but i gotta say man that konami hit is way overused yeah it's a it, lot and that konami hit is what really makes me think of turtles but i think i feel like they used it a little bit more too much yeah well i think in turtles they used it a little bit like better like not over the top whereas this one it does give me this feeling like it's it's a little bit much right let's hold on let's listen to it without that and just yeah. see how it sounds because i think we'll be able to hear more to it right so uh so here's the track with everything Okay, let me see. So I think that's a PCM hit on uh, on the Konami on the Konami chip. Let me flip through them here. Okay, yeah. So it's it's channel one. So let's st- start over from the beginning here. Oh my God! So much better. <laughs> yeah. And it still does exactly what you were trying to do before with the track. It's just a little less offensive to your ear with headphones on. Man, that percussion line is awesome. Yeah. Like, you can hear those individual crashes a yeah. lot better. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, this is a really cool track, though. I liked it, like, mm-hmm. overall. I think, just like we were saying, that that, uh, that orchestra hit is just a little bit overbearing. Yeah, it's a little obnoxious in, yeah. this, in this game, but... Uh, still great sound, very Konami, very cool. It definitely fits with this Western theme, and and I really like the pairing of these two together. I thought that that track from Stage Three was really good, and then the boss track was all, another really good one with lots of percussion. Right after the next, it, mm-hmm. they they do fit together very well. Awesome. So a little bit more about Motoaki Furukawa. He's done a, a ton of different games. So uh, four years after joining Konami in 1990, he formed the Konami Kukeha Club, serving as the leader of the group, yeah. which is pretty awesome. We've talked about the Kukeha Club a million times over. Yeah. And so, and he was kind of like the, the main, the main uh, head honcho. Yeah. I mean, of, so that says a lot about him because that was a huge group over the, you know, over the years had huge members and very big composers were part of it yeah so if you're not familiar with the composer some of the stuff he did in the arcade was gradius 2 zexies ashita no joe boxing mania he did a lot of the guitar freaks and drum mania series games and he also did ajax for both the arcade and the x68000 and some of his nes titles we have castlevania 3 dracula's curse and super c for the msx we have gradius 2 gopher's ambition episode 2 which we know as nemesis 3 salamander F1 Spirit, he did some work on Metal Gear, and SD Snatcher. Yeah, and then on the PC-98, he did Police Knots, which is a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. And then for the PC Engine Super CD-ROM, he did Castlevania Rondo of Blood. I mean, holy crap, right? Yeah, can't get a whole lot bigger than that. Yeah, 
what a badass dude yeah. and then he did snatcher as well which is an amazing soundtrack on the n64 he did castlevania 64 and Jikyo powerful pro yaku 6 which is a baseball game cool but a uh, very popular baseball game in japan and uh, the soundtrack is probably pretty awesome i have to go back and listen to it though. yeah anyways he left konami in 2003 to become a freelancer where he worked on thunder force 6 for the ps2 alongside tamayo kawamoto go sato and tsuyoshi kaneko and he's still doing freelancing today but he's also part of a fusion band or music group called voyager and they put out albums and stuff and they do live shows every now and then which is pretty cool they're still yeah, doing stuff today totally awesome yeah and he also runs an online store for music called m's art and from what i take i guess you can purchase these these albums that he does and you can use them in your own projects i may have kind of skimmed through it a little bit so i'm not sure if, how the licensing works with it right. but it's supposedly free use music so that's very cool yeah so he's he's you know really passionate about what he does and uh, he's a very talented guy i mean his yeah. guitar solos and like he's just rocking out and he understands not only just you know the guitar side of it he really understands all the other you know instruments in a orchestra or mm -hmm. you know for this kind of game, you know, all the, you know, the banjos and the the percussion and the trumpets, he understands all the sections. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely spent decades honing his craft and has continued into, you know, he's can still making music and still performing, which is awesome. It's always good to hear that these, you know, retro composers from the 80s and 90s are still, are still making music today. Still doing it. I want to go see his show live, man. Yeah, that would I'll be bet very you it's cool. off the hook. Yeah, I contacted him. I was like, hey, uh, you want to be on the show? And I haven't heard back yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll see i mean a lot of japanese composers we want to get on the show but they're mm -hmm. kind of uh we will have some we'll have some on definitely i'm sure but, we will at some point uh, well we've been talking with a few different ones but yeah. it, you know it's just kind of time and place and you know some are a little bit more reserved than others so uh it depends on how they warm up mm -hmm. but anyways we have uh some more music to play let's get into stage six this is called the rosy setting sun <laughs> You just heard the rosy setting sun composed by Motowaki Fukawa for Sunset Riders on the arcade. It's a really awesome track too. It's got mm -hmm. that yeah. kind of thing going on. Yeah, that's got that very Wild West kind of yeah. sound in the beginning. Well, it's cool because they're going back to that kind of really, really Wild West feel. And this yeah. is later on in the game. This is stage six, right? So, you know, Wild West trope. Throughout yeah, kind of like, like American, like Clint Eastwood movies type, yeah. type feel to it, except for like 
a cartoony, silly you know, version at right, times. Right, right. Now this is this is fun though. It does have a uh, has like a lot of buildup. I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of like um, percussion and like xylophone stuff like that. That's really just like punchy and progressive the whole track. It's, yeah, it's short. It's only like you know 50 seconds or something. But it definitely has that feeling of like the you've upped Annie towards the end of the game. Like it's getting more dangerous kind of feel to it when they bring that Spanish style sound back. And then there's like a lot of little instruments. Like I, I heard like this kind of like washboardy type sound. And then there was like these finger shell. I, well, yeah. What do you call this? I, don't, Man, I, I know there's like finger symbols and stuff, but it, that's no, like more of like a, it's like, like the percussion, like, like the Olay. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's more like, yeah. Like, you can't see my hands right now, but I'm doing like the, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, but you were saying something earlier about, was it the xylophone? Yeah, it was kind of like a. It was, that's that um, like rattly uh, washboard type oh, okay, sound. Okay. It's like very rapid and. and well, do you want to hear it real quick? Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's see if we can find that. I think um, I was trying to make a note. I think it was like what? What was the channel? Um, I think so. Here, here's the track in its entirety. But it was three, six, seven, and eight. Three, six, seven, and eight. Oh man! All right. So this is with only channel three, six, seven, and eight. That's kind of cool. Wow, wow. Yeah. It reminds me of like a Koopa choir or something. <laughs> there it goes. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a very cool sound. Yeah. I, I, when I first heard it, it was very, it seemed very faint. And then after we were playing with the channels and then we listened to it again with all the channels... I was like, how can I not hear that now? Right, right, right. And this is all in the YM2151 too. So it's all FM synthesis. Anyways, so uh, we haven't really gotten into the graphics much yet. But we've been talking about the gameplay and stuff. We can probably keep it brief. But uh, the game is very bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. It really has that attract mode feel to it. I was attracted to it as a kid. Yeah. Uh, All Everything on the screen. You know, the characters are... You know, over exaggerated. They're, they're yeah, bright I mean, pinks, bright blues. Yeah, neon green pants and stuff like that. But I you mean, can't help but love it, right? Yeah, and it does a really good job because it allows them to set the backgrounds as more of like muted colors, like browns, and and the saloons can be gray and you know different like more muted tone back colors and let your character pop out. And then the bad guys are kind of the same way. They're they're very bright, you know, like purples and you know teals and stuff like that. And some of it's like you know incredibly exaggerated. You know, horses, I think I mentioned before, sometimes like pink and green and, right. you know, cattle. There's like a, the stampede part. Oh, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different colors, cows. And it, it stands out in my mind so well. So in level one, you're you're walking. You see the little chickens starting to uh, move around, get yeah. all freaked out. And the ground is kind of starting to rumble, kind of Jurassic Park style. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, a stampede of bulls comes charging at you yeah and your character jumps up on on top of him hopefully he jumps on it or hopefully, gets or get tra- or trampled yeah <laughs> and you're running and your character's running movement looks so like it's like so anime got to get away yeah from, you it's know, super exaggerated yeah their faces are all like bug-eyed and yeah it's really fun and these kind of goofy quirky animations and uh very bright colorful graphics i think make the game enjoyable for everybody mm-hmm. like i think anybody could sit down and play this game and have a great time with it yeah and and one of the things that was really cool too that helped make things stand out from the background is there was some destructible parts like they would have like barrels or stuff kind of like hanging from ropes and you could shoot those and those would fall on people or there'd be other things you could or they like shoot and yeah, yeah yeah or fall on you and so there was a lot of 
uh, it made it very easy to tell what were the, some of the things you could interact with and what were the things you didn't interact with. And they had some stuff way in the foreground that helped make things feel like they're moving, especially in like the horse riding sections. Like they had like cactus. Oh, the cactuses. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah which really, Yeah. Which really made it like feel like you're moving really rapidly and yeah and there's even like um like explosions so mm-hmm. girl runs out and she throws a stick of dynamite at you and your character gets burnt it shows your character kind of as like this crispy yeah like, you know animation where he just his eyes are the only thing showing he's all like totally burned and singed and yeah. he kind of like falls over falls and, over in dust or whatever yeah they had some really great animations in this game if you haven't played the game seriously play it and yeah. you will very much love yourself for it we have a lot more music to play. Well, actually, we don't. There's not a whole lot left. We do have a little boss rush, though. Yeah. So we got three boss tracks coming at you. We got "We're Gonna Blow You Away," "Adios Amigo," and "Me Ready for Powwow." <laughs> and this is from the bosses of Stage Four, Five, and Six. those bosses in one life <laughs> that was we're gonna blow you away from the stage four boss adios amigo from stage five boss and me ready for powwow <laughs> stage six boss the first one's cool i mean it's it's um it's, i don't know it's it feels like a typical boss fight there's nothing like really um you know exceptional about the track but it has that boss fight feel it's kind of dark it starts to get a little bit more menacing i feel yeah i don't really have much to say about it uh, it was okay yeah kind of yeah yeah Next, the next track though, um, it was cool. It was kind of like a like a like a jazzy mantador kind mm-hmm. of you know feel. I don't. It had a lot of jazz. No. Yeah. No. I, I definitely had that um, kind of up tempo dance type feel to it a little bit. Uh, that more of that kind of salsa type thing. I guess maybe uh, maybe it's just the beginning that kind of influenced my feeling for the rest of the track. But I thought it was uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, the next one. Man, talk about insensitive to uh, yeah, <laughs> God. So it, it's supposed to be this kind of like Native American, uh, you know, wigwam style track, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just the title itself, like "Me Ready for Power." Like, come on, now. Like, yeah. guys, like 
I mean, and you look at the the you know this is going back to the graphics and stuff again, mm-hmm. but all of the uh, Native Americans, the Indians, the Indians, I guess yeah. whatever you know are are like bright red skin and like yeah they're green like fuchsia pants. like very kind of like a pinkish red like, like very bright like come on you know yeah. like but but this is you know back in the day where it didn't matter so much you could have games with a character smoking a cigarette you can have you know they didn't really care so much I well think. I mean it, they were playing on you know American stereotypes seen in Japan so right. it's kind of like once removed from these stereotypes and yeah I, I mean the level was was fun the music for this level for this boss fight was I thought was the most dark and menacing feeling oh I agree um, this is actually my favorite one out of the three here mm-hmm. so. but yeah it definitely is now you know nowadays you'd be like ooh, like it's the only level that has you know not bandits it's it's Native Americans that you're fighting so they're shooting bows and arrows at you it, cowboys versus Indians yeah. it's like you know and when we were growing up that was totally okay like yeah. that was totally you know whatever you know people didn't think twice about it but yeah. now it's like it's just too insensitive i think that i think people would be a little upset if something came out like this yeah and i, th- I mean even his name is what like chief scalpum or something like <laughs> yeah. that so anyways we got some more boss music to play let's play uh stage seven boss and stage eight boss tracks are titled aichiwawa and the great pedal You just heard Ai Chihuahua, Boss 7, and The Great Pedal, Boss 8. Um, you know, the first track, uh, it's cool. It's got that um, that bass, like that bomb, 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 bomb. I like that. I thought it was cool. Nothing really over the top about this track. In fact, none of the, the boss music other than the first maybe two are really that mem- memorable to me. And mm-hmm. I think that's because, it, you know, this game, I didn't have a lot of time to play it, like I said, at the pizza parlor and stuff. I usually didn't make it that far. Right. So and it's just more like you've just played those bosses more and more and more. Right. So uh, I don't have like a like a crazy nostalgia for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I, I do hear it. And uh, that next track, man, it, it starts off so, I want to say it's really classy and mm-hmm. almost like, like a sexiness to it. And then, uh, then it, God, Konami, just really overusing those it, like the whole those rest of the song hits. is orchestra hits but yeah. um for that that first one i thought it was is neat it gives you that uh, the i chihuahua it gives you you know your heart racing like what a boss fight should the next one the great pedal i thought was was really neat i like that that start yeah, the yeah orchestra hits i mean he's he's the end boss he's the big guy so i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna you know lace a track with orchestra hits he's the one but i thought it was kind of funny for him because uh, you said you mentioned like the sexiness to it, and I think I think that's what they were kind of going for for that character because he comes out with like a, a rose petal in his mouth, but with right. the all the colors and like the the flashiness, I just kept thinking like it was like a play on like like a gay cowboy, like, a, <laughs> like you know he's like a dandy. I think is what they called it back in old like old western yeah, type right, stuff. Right, right. Like he was 
that's I don't know if it's if that was intentional or if that's just the way I read it based on the colors and, and the way he moves. Right, and, and not to be insensitive, but this is I mean this game is very insensitive. So yeah. like we're trying to just explain how how I think they're trying to portray it. Yeah, this this track it does and this end boss does remind me a lot of I want to say like Vega from mm-hmm. Street Fighter. Uh, he's very. Um, uh, feminine, but at the same time, he is very powerful and has like this kind of conceited yeah. thing going on. This narcissistic kind of uh, he's very ambience. kind of full of himself, and maybe right. even his like his own image, which I which I definitely got that from from this game, which I thought was kind of nice because you have this whole up to this point, everyone's kind of like you, you get the sense that they're very like dirty and like you know drunk half the time, and then you get this guy where you just get this impression that his suits are pressed this and he's elitist. very clean and yeah, yeah and like. Yeah, so I, I, which I thought was pretty nice, and it was kind of neat that he was a very different feeling boss. Yeah, so we've been playing all these uh, these short boss tracks. There's one more short track that I, I want to kind of nudge in here real quick because I love it so much. It's only really 15 seconds long, yeah. but let's listen to it. It's called Continue of Sorrow, and this is where you, you die and you got game over, and it's like, do you want to continue? Do you want to yeah. feed in more quarters? Awesome track, though. Let's check it out. awesome huh that like funky bass and stuff like yeah. that that was continue of sorrow and that's the game over kind of continue music mm-hmm. it's not when you get game over but it's like hey you want to put in some more money yeah I, I really like it no I, I really like that track too and i like your your placement of it too because we've kind of come to the end of the arcade right uh, the arcade section so it's kind of like do we want to continue well yeah we would like to continue to some of the ports that this game saw <laughs> right so it was originally ported uh, to two different systems mm-hmm. after the 1991 release in the arcade. It first came out for, I think it first came out for the Sega Genesis, right? In 92. Right. Yeah. So it came out for the Genesis and the Mega Drive. And this version is quite different than the arcade. We both played it together mm-hmm. to kind of get a feel for what we were, you know, what we were missing. Because I didn't grow up with this version. Right. And uh, I guess you didn't play it either no. until we were together. So it feels really watered down, though. It does. I mean, one of the first things right off the bat that you notice that is a sense of it being watered down is there's only two characters to play as. Right. Billy and Cormana only. Yeah. It just feels halfway there. It doesn't have yeah. the arcade experience that a lot of Sega Genesis games got when they were when they were ported from the arcade. Mm-hmm. This feels like it just didn't quite make the cut. Well, and another thing is that they cut half of the bosses. So there was only four bosses. You still had eight stages, but each stage was kind of broken into two parts. So you had a stage where you got to the end, no boss, and then the next stage right. was with the boss at the end of the stage. So it kind of felt like, well, like there was a lot cut out of it right off the bat right even the boss voice you know stuff from the arcade was taken out yeah for so it was the, all text based it was all text which you lose a lot you lose the uh bury me with my money quote yeah you know? so it just is written there in text you don't get that awesome voice act right so you want to play a track from the genesis real quick yeah i think we can do the level one or something like that yeah something that's kind of maybe people have heard so you can kind of see how the genesis did it right and i think uh hearing it through the ym 2612 is uh, quite different as mm-hmm. far as how the fm is handled 
So let's play track one. And we'll just play for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so you can hear that, you know, it's got a very Genesis sound. It's not bad. I actually I think the track's pretty cool. Yeah, but I like the little twinkling in there and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to hear how the Genesis would do its rendition of an arcade track. So I, you know, it's not bad. I think it's probably better than maybe the game plays, or you might have a little bit more fun right. listening to the music than playing the game. Not that the game's bad, but I think that the, the music was pretty neat in the Genesis. Right. And it was a year later in 1993, the game was ported over to the Super Nintendo this time. Mm -hmm. And the soundtrack is actually not much different. I mean, obviously you're going through the uh, Super Nintendo sound hardware, so it's going to have a slightly different feel to it because it's still sample based, Mm -hmm. right? But it does have a, uh, it does kind of, I think, live up to uh, some of the, you know, the coolness of the the arcade version. Mm -hmm. The problem with this port though is it was so heavily censored. Yeah, and I think that uh, as an adult, I didn't really see anything too over the top outside of maybe the Native American stuff. Right. Um, but they, I mean, they censored things like when you'd go into the saloon and come back out, um, the girls would be different and there's a part... They'd where, be more dressed. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but I didn't feel like they were... Overly like that they were, Yeah, that they with, were yeah. like really undressed either. And then there's a part when you take on the two bosses, the two boss brothers at the same time. And then there's like uh, these dancers that come out and can can dancers. Yeah. yeah. And I guess they were more heavily dressed and I didn't think that they were really showing a lot of skin to begin with. <laughs> right. But I mean, it was very similar to the arcade version. It plays, it plays very, very similar. similar. Uh, there's some hard things like bullets are very small in this, in this version. So it's kind of hard to tell, but it has like the very awesome, like running across the cow or the, the, the bulls, bulls yeah. and stuff like that. So it's a very good port if you couldn't play the arcade version i think this is definitely probably the next best version the way to go let's hear a track from the super nintendo yeah yeah uh how about stage two since we just played stage sure all right so here is stage two from the super nes Take that back. That's actually quite different than the arcade version, the Super NES soundtrack. That was from Stage 2. 
Uh, but a lot of the other tracks are quite similar, I think. Well, you can definitely tell which track it fits with. It's just, it, it still it has, had that fun kind of weird, like, like funny feel to it, like right. for riding on the horses and stuff well, like had, that. They had to fake the FM synth, right? So right. You can, ha- you can do that. So, I mean, obviously, but uh, overall, I mean, still an enjoyable way to experience the mm-hmm. game if you don't have access to the arcade version. We have one last track, though, from this game, mm-hmm. the arcade version. We're going to move back over to, and the track is titled The Big Win, and this is the ending track. That was the ending track titled The Big Win, composed by Motowaki Furukawa for Sunset Riders on the Arcade. It's a really different track than everything else. It still mm-hmm. has that Wild West feel, but it's like, you're done. Yeah. You've already popped in like 20 bucks of your parents' <laughs> yeah. money, and hopefully yeah. this ending animation is good enough to uh, to justify it. Yeah, there's definitely some quarter-eating levels in this game. but <laughs> Especially uh, those boss fights. Man. Yeah, I mean, this this track I thought was very nice. It was really beautiful, you know, like all the earmarks of a ending credits music. And right. I thought it was very satisfying and fulfilling to, to get to this point. And it, it's cool, too, because you hear this as you see the four uh, riding off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. It just kind of starts all back over. And just yeah, it did, as soon as it's <laughs> over, it starts directly. You get to carry over your points and stuff like that, which is kind of neat. So I guess if you wanted to keep going, you could really rack up that high score. Yeah, keep that in the, the high scores, have your initials in there forever. Yep. Uh, but uh, I think credits music has a special place that it's, it's hard to get to for a lot of games. And... Um, sometimes it's really satisfying when you get there, and sometimes it's a big letdown. <laughs> yeah. I think this one is, is pretty satisfying. Yeah, I thought it was good. Anyways, so today we covered Sunset Riders in the arcade composed by Motoaki Furukawa. If you want to know more about the show, you can check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and track lists. We can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pixelated Audio. Also, be sure to visit our affiliate site, vgmrips.net, for accurate and high-quality game audio from dozens of different game consoles and arcade systems it's a really fun project Mm -hmm. all the guys there are super awesome they are all very knowledgeable i i love just kind of chatting with them and being able to kind of look at different sound chips and look at different audio and there's a ton of different packs to to pick from so you'll definitely find something that you haven't heard that you would really love yeah and it's great you sign in you create your own account and you can store all the game or all the tracks that you like and go back and re-listen to them again yeah and you can also rate packs too, yeah. so you can you know add to the fun there. Also, we really appreciate feedback. Email us. Uh, we got a lot of emails, which is yeah. great. Uh, a lot of some like some of our uh, our listeners will write back, and they'll have like like three pages of, of email about mm-hmm. you know a certain track they like. I love that. Reading through that is is such great uh, such a great thing to to see from people engaging. 
Yeah, that's really I mean, cool. I love when we get an email and it's like a paragraph, and then we respond because we love to respond to everything, and then we get an email back that's like five pages long. Yeah, it's like, they're like, oh my god, they responded, and then I'm like just gonna tell them everything, and we're just, we love reading it. Oh yeah, we have a big grin on our face the whole time. Yeah, dude. it's it's awesome. Love hearing from you guys. Yeah, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that's excellent. We want to give a shout out to a few different people who left a review for us. There was Gabe Soir who left us a really nice review a few weeks ago. So thank you very much for that. And also Adol45. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the feedback and the kind words. Yeah. And we have one from our international store, which is pretty awesome to see. Um, thank you, Wildcat Beer from Canada, for your five-star amazing review. It's, <laughs> it's really awesome to no, see. No, I was cracking up. He says, yeah, I'm a huge fan of video game music. Uh, I downloaded a bunch of episodes and cleaned my car with a few beers and jammed all the way. My head never stopped bobbing. I loved that. I was yeah. cracking up. We were, both me and you were just laughing our asses off. Yeah. That was good. And if you want to check out some of our past episodes, we did recently a big episode with Chris Hulesback on Jim Power. And some of our Konami episodes we've done are Falcian and I Sent You Nicole on the Famicom Disk System, as well as the X-Men Arcade episode we mentioned earlier. Yeah, the Chris Hulesback episode was a blast. Yeah. What a, what a cool guy. Too. Yeah, very nice guy. And you can expect to see him on future episodes because he is a Bay Area local and he is going to swing by the Pixelated Audio Studio for uh, another episode yeah. in the future. Uh, I also want to do a little plug here for my side project. It's called The Impulse Project, and it is a podcast that kind of revolves around the uh, demo scene music and the kind of subculture that is, you know, the tracking community and stuff like that. There's a lot of really cool chip tunes. Mm-hmm. You can check it out on iTunes. Yeah, and I would like to give my first shout out to my other side project, which is called The Avocado Nights, which is basically like a book club, but for video games. So it's not another podcast. Um, I created it with a guy that you've heard from a few episodes from Expansion Packs by the name of Kevster. You know, for me, I, I kind of burned through games and just play from for a little bit. And this last year, I really focused on beating games. We pick a game, we play it, people can chime in, play along, talk about it, whatever, and then we move on to the next one. I missed the first few games that you did. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's neat because you can, you know, I'm busy right now, so I don't have time to, to kind of play through these games with you. But... In a future game, I can I can join, I can right. I can talk about it, and then I can drop out. It's kind of you know come as you as you are, I guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a link on the website where you can find more information. Also, impulseproject.info for that podcast and the track taking us out. And this is from OC Remix. It's a track called Mr. Pink Poncho's Western Rock Band, and it was remixed by Doctor Manhattan. And uh, it's a really cool track. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in a few weeks for the next show. Ride them, cowboy!
bury me with my samples. <laughs>